Thanks for checking out the Revival Tabernacle podcast today. If this is your first time joining us, we want to thank you for tuning in. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope this message encourages you in Christ our Savior. Please enjoy this message from the RT pulpit. I want to put those hands together and give God some praise. I'm going to kind of just be off just so that we can try to uh, uh, look at the screen a little bit because there are, there are a number of things that we want to kind of highlight. Uh, turning your Bible to the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, how many people have been enjoying our series, The Ultimate Olympiad? I'm sad because it's all coming to an end tonight, but we're going to talk about it in a moment. 1 Samuel 17 verse 45. And then, and then also put your finger at Proverbs 18 and 10. 1 Samuel 17 and 45, and then Proverbs 18 and 10. I'm so honored, honored today to have uh, the most honorable Judge McDade from Peoria, Illinois, and his lovely wife, Carolyn. Yes. This is uh, Sarah Johnson's father. Yes. He, who's here, and his lovely wife, Carolyn. Let's give them a great big RT welcome. So honored that they, were, that they are here with us. I had the opportunity of spending some time with them Friday over at the Johnson's house, and uh, I was just, I was so elated that they would come here and be with us this morning, and so we're excited that they're here. But I'm excited about Jesus, amen? amen. Uh, anybody else in here excited about Jesus? Amen. Listen, 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, I'm going to read this, and if you don't have your Bible, you can look up on the screen, it'll be there. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come against you <laughs> in the name of the Lord. Proverbs 18 and 10, Proverbs 18 and 10, the name of the Lord <laughs> is a strong tower. Y'all missed y'all moment to shout. I'm just letting y'all know because I don't know what else may happen beyond this. But the name of the Lord, Sister Lumpkin, is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. I want to talk this morning just for a moment. I promise we won't be long unless the Holy Ghost says something else. I want to talk just from the subject, something about the name. Something about the name. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, there's something about the name. That may have been the wrong neighbor. So look at your other neighbor because they don't have it right. Say, neighbor, there is something about the name. Where well, we in Highland Park, so you can go ahead and get a little indignant. Yell across the room and look at somebody and say, hey, neighbor, uh, is there something about the name? Come on and put those hands together and give God some praise for his name, the name that's above every name. I said it before, but it's a little bit of a sad day today because uh, my favorite time that comes around every four years uh, is, 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 is coming to me. I don't know what I was talk, talking to Pastor Eli. I said, I don't know what we're going to do. I, I don't know what we're going to do. I, I have no idea what we're going to do. 
Uh, even though it's good that, 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 that little Simone Biles is going to bear the American flag for the closing ceremony, and rightfully so, but it still pains me that today, somebody say today, marks the end of the Olympics in Rio. It, it pains me, Pastor Justin. I, I've enjoyed it so much. Courtney and Lisa will probably be happy, uh, but I have enjoyed this time frame so much. The last three weeks have been amazing. I mean, somebody say amazing. I mean, I mean, I mean, we have cleaned up. I mean, it has just been amazing what we have seen at the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio. And so it is, as the Olympic Games are coming to a close, this series, the Ultimate Olympiad, also comes to an end. And I will have to wait another four years before time stands still for a few weeks, and I indulge in in competitive sports at its highest level. But I did hear that uh, the the Games are coming to Los Angeles in 2024. Uh, So look at your neighbor again and say, if we start now... We can help send pastor to. Y'all didn't say it. Y'all, y'all didn't. Y'all, y'all didn't say it. Y'all didn't say it. Y'all just stopped right there. I mean, I didn't. Kelvin, y'all don't want me to go. You don't want me to go. <laughs> I go on by myself. That's fine. I'm going by myself. We started this series understanding the importance of staying committed to the end and how we must fight to finish strong. We talked about how Paul told us that we must run this in such a way that we can win the prize. Then last Sunday we talked from the subject ready, set, done. Not ready, set, go, but ready, set, done. Because we, uh, we, where we use the story of the prophet Elisha and the, uh, versus the 450 false prophets of Baal to explore how God will show up fast. Somebody say fast. Yes. For those who obey and seek to make him known. But today, today we're going to talk about how God is strong. Somebody say strong. We're going to talk about how God is strong and how he wants to show himself strong in your life. One of the uh, sporting events that really uh, uh, gained some great attention this year was the weightlifting competition. Anybody, anybody get a chance to watch any of the weightlifting uh, competitions? Um, it, you know, and it mostly was due to one man named David Katawatu from the nation of uh, uh, Kiribati. Uh, does anybody, I think we have this video. I want to just show this video to y'all. Can everybody see this? All right, play the video. Watch this. <laughs> turn, t- turn the volume up a little bit. I mean, th- this guy was something else. Oh, here we go. Third attempt. He didn't quite get this up, but look at what he does after. Woo! It's all right. But it didn't matter. Go ahead, get it, Dave. Get it, Dave. Get it. <laughs> I'm standing in front of him, sir. I'm sorry y'all couldn't. Sorry. All right, L- listen. Listen, and let me just tell y'all something. Uh... 
When I saw this as I was watching the game, I said, there's got to be a reason behind this man dancing. And so I started, I started digging and I found one of his stories. Uh, David saw, some years ago, he saw the house that he built for his parents destroyed in a cyclone. And he came up with this routine in order to raise awareness that of the, of the threat that climate change poses to various remote Pacific islands and nations. He said, watch this, he said, most people don't even know where Kiribati is. Never even heard of him. But he says, but I want people to know more about us. So, that, so I use weightlifting and dancing to draw attention from the rest of the world to what's happening in my nation. I even wrote an open letter to the world last year to tell people about all the homes that were lost due to the rising sea levels. Watch this. He says, I don't even know how many years it will be before my country completely sinks into the ocean. And we don't have the resources to save ourselves. When I heard this story, I, I began to wonder, I began to wonder, uh, and it made me think about us as believers. And I said to myself, what are we doing to raise awareness about Jesus Christ to those that don't know him? Y'all right. not going to say nothing to me today, so I'm going to keep on talking. What can we use to leverage or to bring more attention to him to a world that is sinking deeper and deeper into sin? How can we let them know that they don't have the resources to save themselves, but that they can only find true salvation through the name of Jesus Christ? My brothers and sisters, it's time for us to stop just coming to church, but we have to be the church, and we have to start doing what it says in John 3.16 and reflect this love that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, look at somebody and say, I'm a whosoever. I'm a whosoever. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. Anybody in this house today excited about everlasting life? And I know, I know, I know we oftentimes speak of God's outstretched hand and how he is strong and mighty. But when I think, but when we think about God as the ultimate Olympiad, we must understand this very important fact, and you want to write this down, that God is not just strong, but he alone is strength. Yes. Let me say it again. God is not just strong, but he alone is strength. The Bible says that, uh, uh, and, and, and when we seek or when we ask for more of him, we get all there is of him. For the Bible says in Matthew 6 and 33 that we are to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what? All the other things will be added unto us. Psalms 46 and 1 says, God is our refuge and our strength. 
an ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 68 and 35, you, God, not only is he strength, but he also gives are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel, watch this, gives power and strength to his people. Psalms 81 and 1 says, sing for joy to God of our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. And then Nehemiah uh, 8 and 10, where it says, then that be part, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drink and send some of those who have nothing prepared. This day is a holy day to our Lord. Do not grieve or do not be sorrowful for the joy of the Lord is our strength. So as we take into consideration the full context of chapter 17 in the book of 1 Samuel, I think we see on display one of the most ultimate times in history where the strength of God was fully activated in the life of one young man. During this time in our global history, whenever the armies of opposing nations would fight, they would send forth... uh, the best of the best of that nation to fight the best of the best of the enemy. And then the two champions of those representing nations of their respective nations would fight and whoever killed and conquered their opponent, the losing nation had to become servants or slaves of the winning nation. Do y'all see the landscape of it now? All right, so watch this. So we pick this story up really in, in, in verse 16 of chapter 17, and, and it begins to say, for 40 days, for 40 days, the Philistines came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Talking about Goliath. Now Jesse, let's read along here, verse 17. Now Jesse said to his son David, take this ephah of roasted Grain and these ten loaves of bread to your brothers and hurry to their camp. I think we have it on the screen for those of you who don't have your Bibles. And they hurried to the camp. Picking up in verse 18. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. So he, he was commanded by his father in chapter 17 to take bread and cheese to his brothers who were serving and fighting on the front line. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the, uh, against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed, as his father had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Verse 21, Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies, and he ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, watch this, Goliath and the Philistine champion from Gath stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard him. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Verse 25, now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. 
Watch this. David asked the men standing near him. It was like David was a part of the conversation, but not really. So he's overhearing, and, and then it's like David begins to say, what will be done? <laughs> Hold on. What did you just say? Did I, did I hear you correctly? It's almost what I can't imagine what's happening here. And, and, and what's going to be done for, this, for, for the man who kills this Philistine and removes the disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the Lord? I mean, David's talking with some real boldness at this moment. I think there's something that we can learn from just this short passage of scripture right here up through verse 26. It's important to know and get this. You definitely want to get this down. It's important to know that before you enter any fight, that you have a great understanding of what you stand to gain and what you stand to lose. Uh, if he wins, he knows that he, David, David understands that he got a good understanding because he said, I know what will happen if we lose. We become slaves to them. But he had to get a greater understanding of what happens if I win. See, sometimes we don't even have the fortitude to even ask, well, what, what spoils are to be gained if we come out victorious? Because some, so many times we live in this state of fear and we don't want to even uh, inquire what it's going to take or what we will receive if we win because we don't feel like we can. But let me just tell you something. We have nothing to be afraid of because God is on our side. And the Bible says, greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. So we have to understand that David began to, he began to inquire. He's overhearing this conversation and he's saying, what is going to be done for the man who kills this person? So David understood that if he wins, he knows that he will obtain money. He will obtain marriage, and he will be able to make his father happy. Because how many people know if we get exempted from being able to pay taxes in the land, that's going to make my father happy. I'm sure David was like, all right, is this city tax or is this federal? Because, you know... Before you enter the fight, know what the spoils are. See, the problem with so many of us is that we enter in the fight and there's nothing to be won. See, some of us are fighting battles that are not even worth getting into. Some of us are fighting battles that don't even belong to us. I mean, like, we jumping in because uh, Pookie and Ray Ray and them said, let's go down and fight because they, didn't, they took my Jordans. What? Let me say this, fights where there are no spoils to be gained must be avoided. Verse 27, they, they, they repeated to David. <laughs> David said, what? <laughs> What's, let me add this up. So they repeated to David what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done to the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger. 
So you got to understand something about Eliab. This is chapter 17, but in chapter 16, there was something very interesting that happened. The thing that was interesting that happened is uh, at the end of chapter 15, God rejects Saul as king. Saul had now turned away from the hand of God and began to operate in and of his own self. So God says, Samuel, I'm rejecting Saul. Go down to Jesse's house. I've already prepared for myself a king. All right. He begins to go down to Jesse's house and Jesse called all of his sons except one to the presence of Samuel. Eliab was one of the ones that went forth and when God began or, 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 or when Jesse began to parade him before Samuel, uh, the oil did not flow, which means he was not the one that God had chosen. All the other sons paraded before Samuel, and they were not the one that were chosen. David wasn't even in the room. David wasn't even invited to the party. David was still out working his father's fold and, 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 and his father's sheep, tending to his father's sheep. And, and Samuel said, is there anybody else that's a part of this house? And they said, well, David is, but uh, he, he, he's, he's just the youngest boy, and he's just the tender of the sheep. And Samuel said, go get that boy, because I'm not sitting down until he gets in the house. How many people know that God will hold up things until you get where you're supposed to be in order for his blessing to come in for you? Now watch this. He burned with anger. So when David came down to the battlefield and he began inquiring and Eliab heard what David was asking, he began to burn with anger, the Bible says. And he asked David, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few little sheep with? <laughs> He's antagonizing him now. He says, I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch a battle. David turns around and looks back at Eliab. He says, now what have I done to you? <laughs> Has anybody ever had to look back at somebody and say, why are you mad, bro? Why are you mad? I mean, I didn't do nothing to you. <laughs> why are you mad? <laughs> He says, can I even speak? Can I even just have a conversation is what David is saying? Jesus. And then he turns back around and he says, now how much money <laughs> and which one of his daughters <laughs> and, and which taxes again? Turned away to someone else and brought up the same matters, what the Bible says. And the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. Verse 32, watch this. The story gets good, y'all. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on the account of, the Philist of this Philistine, for your servant will go and fight him. Saul then replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You were only a youth. And this warrior has been fighting since he was a youth. Let me tell you something. Young people in the room, listen to me real good. Lean in. Never let anybody tell you that you can't do something just because you're young. 
Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Listen, as long as you know your God, <laughs> Lord, have mercy in this place. The Bible is very, very clear. The Bible never put any age requirement on being used by him. But all it says that if, that, that in the book of Daniel 11 and 32, they that know their God will be strong. It didn't say they that know their God and are 21 and older. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say they that know their God and are able to vote. It don't say that. It says they that know their God shall be strong. Wrong and do exploits. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Watch this. And when the lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, I struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be taken like one of them because he has defied the armies of God. I mean, David, I can imagine as David is talking here that, that Saul is just kind of like, oh, okay, here we go. This little young rebel, this little young relic, who does he think he is? And David is seeing that he's being ignored. David is seeing that he's not being taken serious by Saul. And I believe that even at this point, watch this in verse uh, 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 37, uh, the Philistine will be taken just like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Watch this. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. See, I think y'all missed what just happened here. I think y'all missed what just happened, see. I love how David is just like most saints today. Yeah, uh-oh is right. Because, see, for some reason, we never want to give the full account of our testimony until someone pushes us to the edge. Uh, we try to get by with the cute, short, skinny version of our testimony. Well, you know, God is good. <laughs> oh, he bought me out. <laughs> and we never tell the details of what God had to go through to bring me out. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this space. Let me talk to this side of the room. Uh, David started out saying, he started out saying, hey, I, I, when, 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 when the lion or the bear came after my sheep and they took my sheep, hey, I went, I grabbed it by its hair, I struck it, and I rescued the sheep. Yeah. And then when they turned on me, I grabbed it by its hair again, I struck it, and I killed him. But then later on, it comes out. <laughs> he says, God, the, the same God who delivered me from the paw. See, in other words, this is the reason why David was so confident in his God. Because David had had two encounters that almost took his life out. And it wasn't until he was able to be pushed to the edge 
where he had to let somebody know, I got street cred because I almost lost my life. I almost died. I almost was killed at the hand of a lion and a bear. But the same God, I wish I had about five more people in here that wouldn't mind giving me some, some talk back. No wonder David was so confident about the strength of his God. He almost died twice. But the Lord. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Is there anybody in this place that has had a but the Lord kind of testimony? I almost died, but the Lord. I almost went to jail, but the Lord. I did go to jail, and I should have been there for 20 years, but God, but the Lord got me out in two. Is there anybody in this place that has a but the Lord kind of testimony? Let me tell you something. We can't be afraid to give the full account of our testimony. We can't be afraid to give all the details of what the Lord has brought us out. Because what God has done for you, he is able to do for somebody else. And the Bible says, and they overcame them by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Look at somebody and say, I've got to tell it. I got to testify. I got to tell my story. I've got to sing my song. God has been too good to me. God has opened up doors and he's made ways and I've got to tell it. Somebody give me a microphone. I feel like preaching this thing today. I've got to tell it. I can't sit down on what God has done. I cannot tell you how God has brought me out. I may not have time to tell it, but I got to tell you, I was deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. But the master of the sea, he heard me. And he delivered me. After, after David showed his street cred card, <laughs> his card said Highland Park. <laughs> then Saul said, go. <laughs> and the Lord be with you. Watch this. Then Saul, y'all know I can't be nothing else but myself. I just, I have to, you see my flaws and all. It's just, it is what it is. Watch this. He says, then Saul dressed David. Watch this. Don't miss this. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. <laughs> see, there's so much... So much to be said within here, but one thing I want to extract out of this verse is this. Hear me good. You will never defeat the enemy trying to be like the enemy. See, see you got to go back. You got to, you know, flip it and reverse it and go back to verse 4 and understand what I mean when I say that. When it describes Goliath, it talks about how Goliath had on this bronze suit. I mean, he was suited up. He was suited and booted. Yeah. 
he had on this bronze coat and this bronze helmet on his head and Saul saw what Goliath was wearing and he began to be, began to say, okay, David, David, if you're going to go out and fight this enemy, let me put on, let me at least get you dressed for the battle. And you will never defeat the enemy trying to be like the enemy. You can't win the loss trying to act like you're lost yourself. You don't get into relationships talking about, well, you know, I, I just believe that, that God put me in their life to save them. You know, I, I'm just, I've never seen uh, okay, come here, Noah. Come here real quick. Come here real quick. Let me try to quickly paint this illustration. Come here, Cheryl. Come here, Cheryl. All right, Cheryl, I want you to come here. Boy, I hope these weather's okay. I'm going to hold you, but I want you to step up on the chair. I want you to step up on the chair. Step up on the chair. Step on the chair. All right. It's all right. So, so, so Cheryl is saved, sanctified, and she's speaking tongues. So, you know, she. Okay. And, and, and Noah, you know, tall, dark, handsome, comes into her life and. You know, he dressed in black. <laughs> he don't know the Lord. <laughs> All right. So now Cheryl meets him. Oh, Noah, man, you, you're handsome, brother. You know, but he not saved and, and, and he don't know the Lord. But she feels like because because she she been looking, been asking the Lord for a man, that, may, that, that, that maybe this, see, hold on. This my message. This, this ain't your time to testify. Not your time to testify. <laughs> She's like, Lord, I feel you. I hear you, Lord. I hear you. She feels like she can, she, can, she can bring him up. Now, try your best to bring Noah up on the chair with you. Grab his arm. Grab his arm. Grab his arm. No, 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 no. I don't need you helping. I want you to just, this is her. What ends up happening is in her effort... Look at her. She leaning over in her effort to try to pull him up. Guess what happens? She ends up coming down. I've never seen it work the other way. I'm, trying, I'm just trying to tell somebody. It never has worked the other way. Thank y'all so much. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. We have a responsibility to know what it is. And, 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 and listen, God has called you to be different. God has called you to be light. God has called you to be distinguished. Verse 39, let me try to finish this up. David fastened on, watch this, David fastened his own, his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. <laughs> he wasn't used to the armor that Saul was putting on him. And, and, and look at what David says. I cannot go in these, he says to Saul. Because I'm not used to them. In other words, in, in, in another translation says, I have not tested this armor. This has not been proven in, in, in for what it is that I have been called to do. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, 
chose five smooth stones from the stream. Watch me, y'all. Put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Verse 41, meanwhile, the Philistine, with uh, his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer and closer to David. He looked David over, and he saw that he was just a little more than a boy. Glowing with health and handsome, he despised him. <laughs> Let me tell you something. See that glowing piece, you know. I think that's a symbolic trait of the presence of God was with him. And the enemy despised it. You have to understand that when you are walking with the Lord... <laughs> When you are walking daily with him, there will be people that will despise you just because of the relationship that you have with the father. And you have to understand that everybody is not going to like you, but you weren't called to have everybody like you. Watch this. He said to David, am I a dog that y'all just going to throw sticks at me? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he says, I'll give your flesh to the birds and to the wild animals. Verse 45, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin and a bunch of words that I'm not going to utter. But I come against you in the name of the Lord. Let me tell you something. There is something about that name. Oh, I feel like preaching this thing today. Let, let me tell you something. They, earlier this week, they were talking about Usain Bolt. And they were saying, boy, I mean, you know, even his name fits him. Let me just tell you something. Even the name of the Lord fits who he is. Because in his name is everything that we could ever need. In his name is salvation. In his name is healing. In his name is deliverance. In his name is my sustenance. In his name is my provision. In his name do I have everything that I need and I have all my needs met. Is there anybody in this place that one day you called upon the name of the Lord and he came through and became exactly what you needed him to be? I know I'm looking real raggedy, so I'm going to go ahead and just untuck it if y'all don't mind. Let me just tell you, this, David says, David says, the, the, the day the Lord would deliver you into my hands and I would strike you down and cut off your head. This very day. Now, mind you, in verse 16, the Philistine had been antagonizing the people of God for 40 days and 40 nights. But David says this day. I feel like prophesying in this place. Let me tell you something. Whatever you've been going through for, 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 for 40 days or more, let me just tell you something. If you receive what God wants to do in your life, somebody holler and say, this day. This day, God will deliver you. This day, God is going to bring about change in your life. This day, God is going to heal your body. This day. Watch this. All those who gathered here will know that this is not by sword, is not by spear, not by javelin, but that the Lord saves. 
watch this, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all into our hands. This is just so good. I mean, the Bible can preach better than I ever could. Verse 48, as the Philistine, watch this, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Let me just tell y'all something. It's time for us to stop running from the devil. You have no business running from the enemy. The, you know, we used to sing a song in the old time church. I beat the devil running and I'm so glad. And that's not biblical. The Bible says that if we submit ourselves unto God, resist the devil and he will flee from us. Thanks, Pops. That's the word. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. And the Bible says, and the stone sunk, sank into his forehead and he fell down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with the sling and a stone without a sword in his hand and he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Yeah. Verse 51, I like this part. Yeah. David ran and stood over him and he took a hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from him yeah. and from the thief. After he killed him and cut off his head with his own sword. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. He killed him. Then he stole from him and then destroyed him. Okay. This side a little slow. Let me help y'all. He killed him. Then he stole from him. And then he destroyed him. See, I think, I, I think she called it. He killed him. Then he stole from him. And then he destroyed him. Like Winky Pratt was a sound familiar. John 10 and 10 says, The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that you may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. What is God saying to revival today? The very thing that the enemy tried to do to you is going to be done to them. He's going to kill, he's going to steal, and he's going to destroy. God is, going to, God is saying, just like in that day, everything that the devil tried to do to you, you don't even have to try to do it in your own power. But God says, this battle don't belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. Do I have anybody that's ready to see the enemies of God fall at your feet and die and that you'll be able to take back everything that the enemy has stole from you and you'll see them utterly destroyed? I need somebody to give God some praise in this place. Look at somebody and say, everything the devil tried to do to you is going to be done to him. <laughs> oh, come on, look at somebody else and say, everything the devil tried to do to you is going to be done to him. <laughs> come on and give God some praise in here. Let me, let me close this and then I'm through. 
We talked about this last week. I have to, I've been challenged by the Lord to make sure that I'm giving us practical application to move from the principle of God's word to practicing God's word. How many people remember what our to-dos were for last week? We were to obey his word and what? Look for, thank you, Sister Heidi. Look for opportunity to make him known. Here are our takeaways here. And do it. That's right. Let me ask a question. How many people in this room today want God to show forth his strength in your life this week? Hands all over the room. Watch this. If you want God to show himself strong in your life, here's what you got to do. Are you ready? First thing is obey. Sound familiar? <laughs> David was obedient to his father. <laughs> if I just told you, in, we, we're reading from chapter 17, but in the chapter before, in chapter 16, David was anointed to be king over all Israel. He was anointed to be king in chapter 16. But in chapter 17, his father says to him, hey, boy, come take this bread and this cheese down to your brothers on the front line of the army. Wait a minute. If I was David, I'm just going to talk just for myself. I'd be like, Daddy, do you remember what just happened a couple days ago? I'm going to be king. <laughs> Call somebody else to take bread and cheese. I'm not a, I'm not a pizza delivery boy. David didn't say that. He was obedient to his father. Can I share this with you? The, one of the most, I probably would say the most, but one of the most famous stories in the entire Bible, truths that happened in the entire Bible, was David versus. We would have never gotten David versus Goliath if David hadn't been willing to be a pizza delivery boy. Sometimes we don't want to do the little things because we think it's beneath us. Why, why, why are you always asking me to do insignificant roles? With, how come I can't do something else in the church or for the kingdom or for the body of Christ? How, how come I always got to be cleaning floors? How come all the time you ask me, you just ask me just to clean floors? The only time you call on me is if you need me to wash the cars in the parking lot. David did not think it strange or beneath him to go and serve his brothers on the front line of the battle. And his obedience, his obedience to his father, even though he was already anointed to be king, his obedience to his father put him in the position to defeat Goliath. <sighs> Obedience is number one. Number two is make him known to people. <laughs> Sound familiar? <laughs> Pastor Devin, these are the same two points you gave last week. I know. 
Because if you want God to show up fast in your life, and if you want God to be strong in your life, it's going to take obedience, and it's going to take a willing heart to make him known to other people. Come on and stand to your feet. How did David make, make him known to other people? David said, you come against me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord. What are you boldly declaring that I'm doing this in the name of the Lord? What are you able to stand for and say, God, I trust you and your word. And if you don't deliver me, I'll die. But I believe that you will. Why? Because you did it for me before. I remember when that lion was getting ready to tear me asunder. <laughs> but you delivered me from his paw. I remember when that bear was getting ready to tear me to pieces. But you saved my life. And so now I'm in front of this uncircumcised Philistine. This unclean person. This person that's defined the very armies of God. Who's coming at me against Who's coming against me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I stand today in the name of the Lord knowing that the same God that delivered me before is able to deliver me again. I need somebody to put those hands together and give God some praise. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.